0: Welcome back to the Broncast, the podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos. We work on Broncos and just love talking about the old Ford Bronco from generation one all the way through generation six. Our sponsor for today's episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to fully restore a Bronco.
1: In this episode we're going to be talking about what do you do when you first get your vintage Bronco? But I got to say last week's episode, the Bronco horror stories number 2, yeah. it was so much fun to do. <laughs> totally different stories. There's so many.
0: It was it was a lot of fun. I and that I think I laughed more in those that episode than any other episode that we have.
1: Well, and there's a there's a bonus story at the end yes. that you're remembered to tell and you're laughing so hard you can't even tell the story, which makes it really funny.
0: It was pretty great. If you have not heard that story, you're missing out. Or if you haven't heard that episode, you're missing out. Definitely go back and, and listen to it. Um, we had some fun moments in there and yes, my last story is, is the best.
1: Oh, and since then I went back to the Metro police department's impound lot and I had (laughs) to go through the thief Bronco and empty it out, but there's more on that. I'll tell that later. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, uh, let's jump right into this episode. It's going to be a fun, fun episode. Uh, we've got a cool Bronco bio and then we've got a good question. That uh, that someone wrote in and asked, but uh, but yeah, Bronco bios. We've been doing these uh, every little every little bit, um, and I really really like having these Bronco bios in the episode, hearing from these uh, these Bronco enthusiasts. Um, so yeah, we talked with Keisha uh, earlier this year at Super Celebration. We had her on the podcast, and I actually had her on my YouTube channel a couple of years ago. Um, and so I follow her on Instagram and then I started seeing all these pictures of her and her Bronco in all these places and was like, what is going on?
1: Yeah. So Keisha, if, if, if you don't know who she is, Keisha Lynn has the pink Bronco. It's yes. kind of fuchsia.
0: Keisha, how's it going?
2: Oh, it's going good. <laughs> all
0: right. So, um, yeah. Okay. So to Donnie's question.
1: Yeah. So, um, everybody should know Keisha Lynn from her pink Bronco. We met her at Supercell. And yeah. like you said, we've been seeing her on social media and then it's like Alaska. <laughs> like, how did your Bronco get all the way to Alaska to begin with?
2: Well, my Bronco didn't actually make it to Alaska. Just me. Um, but to answer your other question, it's hot pink pearl um, hot pink is pearl. what my color is. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Don't anybody copy that, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. You've been kind of going around the world here <laughs> with with your Bronco, sometimes not with your Bronco. what's uh, whats What's been the story?
2: So my plan for this year was, so I like to kind of do a big trip every once in a while. You know, I go to Tennessee every year, which is a decent trip for me, but I wanted to go to the Northwest Bronco round, which I've wanted to go out to a couple of times, you know, for quite a few years. And, um, it's out in Florence, Oregon. So that's completely on the other side of the country compared to me in Pennsylvania. So I decided I wanted to make an entire trip out of it to make it worthwhile to go all the way out there. Um, I was planning on taking my Bronco up to Alaska since I was going to be out there until I realized the distance from Washington state to Alaska and back. So that just wasn't feasible for me this year. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Donnie and I plan to make an Alaska trip at some point. So we'll let you know when that happens and you can, you can tag along with us, but so yeah, (laughs) Northwest Bronco roundup. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that. Um, That was in August,
2: It was in August.
0: And that's, yeah, in Florence, Oregon, um, right after a month after Tom's off-road event that both Donnie and I were at. Um, And uh, yeah, that is a beautiful Dunes event. So you trailered your Bronco. Did you just go straight out there from Pennsylvania?
2: I did not. So I took, um, so I have a, a 51 Crosley and there just so happened to be a Crosley meet in Ohio. So I planned it that I was going to stop in Ohio. I took my Bronco with. I had somebody else take my Crosby. That way I could do both. Yeah. Um, so I stopped in um Washington, Ohio for a couple of days. I originally left home July 6th. Um, after spending two days there, then I went to Chicago. And Jack Niederkorn kept my Bronco for about a week. Because my route to go out to Oregon took me right through the Wisconsin Bells. And Bronco Driver has their event there. Yep. So I figured I would plan around stopping for that. So when I flew back out, I drove to the Dells and spent a couple of days there because, you know, it's a lot of fun do, to do Bronco stuff with other Bronco people. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> how was that? How was that event?
2: Um, it was a lot of fun. The area is really pretty. Um, there's a lot of like, it kind of reminds you of Tennessee a little bit where they have like all the touristy attraction type of things that you can do. Yep. So there's all that kind of fun stuff, water parks, rides, and that kind of stuff to do. Every event's kind of, you know, different.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and for those of you that don't know what a 51 Crosley is, it's a micro car. Yeah. So how many people can fit in your Crosley?
2: <laughs> I mean, technically it seats four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> four like sardines, right?
2: Hey, kind of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it a wagon or which one do you have?
2: I have the sedan.
0: Oh, cool. That is so cool. Uh, okay, yeah. Tell us, before we get back to Broncos, tell us a little bit about that.
2: My shop teacher in high school had one and brought it to a local car show. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? It's so ugly. It's cute, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're kind of like pugs.
2: Yeah, Yeah, kind of, but I have a pug. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been. Uh, I was on a search for one since then, and I found one um, actually in Pennsylvania, a couple hours from me, and I got it. And then I just couldn't get it running right, um, so I contacted my old shop teacher, and he has tons of parts and you know all the knowledge. So he kind of educated me, and I did redid the drivetrain. Ended up needing to do a new motor for it. Redid the wires um, because the wiring back then was just like a mesh over their wire, so it was all disintegrated on it. Uh-huh. So I redid that. And it runs and drives now, like the body, and haven't touched the body on it, but it's actually pretty solid for being a 51. It's more solid than my Bronco is. And it's the cutest thing. It does about 45 miles an hour. So it's slow, very slow, but it's so fun to drive.
0: That's so great. <laughs> I, I had no idea. This is news to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we're taking the, getting back on the trip here. So you hit the Bronco uh, driver, Wisconsin Dell super celebration. Um, and mm-hmm. then where'd you go from there?
2: So then I needed to make it from the Dells basically out to um, around Portland, Oregon. But I wanted to take my time because it, um, a couple years ago when Bronco Driver did their first event in uh, Colorado, I like sped out there, sped back, was like in such a rush to get to where I need to go. I didn't enjoy the trip. So this trip, I really wanted to make it worth while to me. So um, I drove basically across from Wisconsin Dells and went over to Montana and stayed with Montana Broncos. Oh, um, cool. But along the way, I was like, wow, I want to stop and see whatever weird stuff. So like literally along like my the GPS route, which is basically just straight across the states, I would zoom in and see wherever there was like a point where it was like, oh, something cool to see or whatever. So like I stopped and seen like the world's largest cow statue and the buffalo (laughs) statue (laughs) just like weird stuff
0: that's awesome did you take pictures with your bronco in front of these things
2: i did and i posted up like my favorite ones on my instagram
0: (laughs) (laughs) so wait you have like a list of ones that didn't make the cut
2: no i pretty much put like most of the places that i stopped um up but like i tried to like put my Bronco, but there's a lot of scenic things that I also did that didn't include my Bronco, like different hiking things and whatnot.
0: Yeah. So the trip from Wisconsin to Portland, how, how long did that, did you stretch that?
2: Like four days, it took me. Um, I did one overnighter. I basically just slept in my truck for this entire trip. So I would drive until I'm tired, and then I would pull over wherever I felt like it.
0: <laughs> and to be clear, you were trailering your Bronco with your correct. What what's your truck?
2: Uh, I have a 2008 Dodge Cummins.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. That's that's a good that's a good sleeper. That's
2: a good I, one. I like the <laughs> yeah, world's
1: yes. largest ball of twine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to see that one.
0: <laughs> it's on Route 66 somewhere. So you got to see Jake from Montana Broncos. How is he? I
2: did. He was good. His family was good. It was really nice to spend the night with them. They were very welcoming and yep. I got to see all their Broncos.
0: Oh, <laughs> how was that?
2: Oh, awesome. The Broncos are beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many about how many did they have there?
2: I can't really remember. They had a new one there, then they had the cruiser. They had another one that I can't remember what it is. Um then they had the um the Bronco with the camper on the back of it. They oh, had an early yes. Bronco there. So it was really cool because there's ones I've never seen that they had there, like the early Broncos and
1: stuff. Yeah. I would love to see one with a camper on the back. Those yeah. Are, those are awesome.
2: That one was definitely cool.
0: Because that one is a, a third gen or a second gen?
2: A or second gen. Second
0: gen, yeah. That was,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that was, yeah, I've seen pictures of that. So yeah, so okay, so you make it then the Northwest Bronco Roundup and- you, you, you've been home a couple times, but you left on July 6th. When was the Bronco roundup? Uh,
2: the Bronco roundup was end of August. It, I think it started. I got there the 16th.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how was that event? We, Donnie and I have both wanted to go. Um, and you've been to obviously the Silver Lake Sand Dune uh, event in Mears, Michigan. I actually
2: haven't. Oh, I've you haven't? been to that one. Oh, nope. man. I know. That one's close to me and I have never been there. <laughs>
0: man well how was how was the the bronco roundup then
2: it was a lot of fun like like i said like all the events are totally different from each other but i've never been on the sand before so that was a totally different experience for me and i was like well i'm out here i gotta kind of do it and i had stopped last year for a day because i just happened to be flying out west for something and i went wing walking in up in washington state but so I stopped in there just for the day, just to kind of see how it was. Um, and I was like, oh, I got to bring my bronco back out to this. So I did take it out in the sand and I had to drop my boggers down to like two PSI. <laughs> <laughs> and you still couldn't even tell that there was no air in them. Oh, man. <laughs> but it did grade out on the sand and everybody was so friendly. And it was nice to meet more people from out west because, you know, I'm used to the East Coast people or, yeah. you know, other people in between. So it's nice to see new faces and meet new people or ones that I've interacted with online.
0: It is true. Like the, it is because I get to go to the Tom's event every year. Like I, and I bring my family out there. So I see all these, you know, I, and I've met all these West coast people and it's so fun, like just meeting more Bronco people, but didn't like, did you notice a difference? Uh, Donnie and I talked about this, like the West coast Broncos look different than the East coast Broncos. Did you notice that? Did you feel that? Yeah. Yes. Isn't it weird? It's hard, to,
2: hard to explain, but yes, there there is a very big difference.
0: Yes. And it's like, it's just, yeah, there is a distinct difference when you see a West Coast truck versus an East Coast truck. It's just, it's, it, which it's funny because it's just an early Bronco, but yeah.
1: I have one of those panoramic pictures of that event and I, can, I think I counted almost 200 Broncos on the beach. It's like eight rows deep, 30 wide. It was just yeah. amazing. So were there that many Broncos there again?
2: Yeah. So I don't remember how many they counted, but it was definitely over 200.
0: Yeah. Well, what was funny. The, f- the first time I noticed you, your Bronco out there was Tom's off road posted a picture And I was like, oh, that's cool. They posted a picture of Keisha's Bronco. Like that's, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute, it's on the dunes. Like, did they go to, wait, when was the mirrors event? You know, and then I'm like, I read the description and I'm like, oh my gosh, Keisha took her Bronco out to the Northwest Bronco roundup. This is crazy. So yeah, that was, that was amazing. Just, I'm like, man, that, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be able to take my Bronco out there too.
1: Did you have any uh, any stories for us about the event or being on the dunes or or your trip?
2: Um, so while I was out there on the dunes, I got together with uh, Mitch and Russell from Wild Horses because back at Supercell in Tennessee, um, when I was walking around with Mitch doing his little video, he had said that he never learned how to drive three on the tree. So I was like... <sighs> what we have to like teach you how to drive one so I actually taught both of them out on the sand, <laughs> which was interesting um you but they both did really well <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and their mom their mom got in and like she was just like oh I know how to do this and she cruised down the sand. that was
1: great <laughs> let me show you boys let me show you how to do this that is hilarious
2: <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and I was out it was like the I think the day before that I was out there for like the whole picture or like no it wasn't the picture I think it was just like Tom's little meat thing. Yeah. Um, but then I tried to follow people back out and it was dark and I didn't know where I was going and they were all playing in the dunes and I was like, oh gosh, I don't know how to I don't know how to drive in this. And then <laughs> I didn't know how to get out of there. So I ended up getting together with Mitch to help me get out of there and also fill my <laughs> tires back up because I had no way to do that because that's not something that I do ever. I don't right. let air out of my tires and either fill them back up.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Um, okay, so where did you go from the Northwest Bronco roundup?
2: Um, so I basically just got on the coastal highway and headed South and I made like a bunch of stops and I've gotten really quick about unloading and reloading my Bronco. Um, so I definitely unloaded so that I could drive through the tree. Out nice. in the redwoods. Yep. So that was fun. And then just did some random things basically along the coast, made a bajillion stops to look at the views. Um, and I ended up, um, Wild Horses actually kept my Bronco for me from the end of August till the beginning of October. Okay. So that I could come back out and do um, Bronco Driver's new event in Carson City.
0: That's super cool.
1: <laughs> well, and then I, we've been following you since we saw you Supercell. And uh, did we see pictures of you at SEMA?
2: Yes, I was just out at SEMA as well. Not with my Bronco, just myself.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah, maybe next year I'll have my Bronco out there. I try. I've I tried for a couple of years, and then it needs a it needs a lot of love now to get out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, for, for people that haven't been to SEMA, which is usually the very end of October or the first now the first week of November, you want to share your little SEMA experience with them because. It's not really a little experience, is it?
2: No, it's a huge experience. I walked uh, about 14 miles each day. There is just a lot to take in, and you basically kind of got to know what you want to look at, because you kind of got to zip to zip through there to be able to get through everything. But the people are so nice and willing to talk. Like, when you want to talk about their builds with them, um, different manufacturers, that kind of stuff, everybody's so wonderful to talk to. But yeah, there's a whole lot to see, and I, I mean, this is my fifth or sixth year going, and it still amazes me every time I'm out there i
0: gotta ask did the hello bad bronco was that um color uh off of your bronco
2: it's not but um <laughs> jesse did tell me that they were doing that color and that it was not my color and that it was different <laughs> so, <laughs> which it was different it was more purpley <laughs> okay
0: yeah Hellabad bad had a bronco in the was it the mile star booth or where was their bronco
2: uh, I actually don't know what booth it
0: was. in, yeah. To be honest with you, I I mean I seen it there, but I don't remember what the booth was. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jesse and Mariah, um, hella bad Broncos. They had they had a Bronco, and the first thing I thought was, oh, this is a it's a six gen. But I thought, oh, this color is very similar to uh, Keisha's Bronco. That was Her, my and, that was my first thought. She, Keisha said she walked like. 12, 14 miles a day
1: and it's four days and you still don't see all the cars. Oh yeah. There's so many halls, the size of football fields with thousands of cars in them. So for people that haven't been to SEMA, it's like the electronics show. It's so massive. Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. I've, I've, you know, you can maybe in four days you could see all the cars inside, but then there's twice as many outside. Mm -hmm. I think there are almost 70,000 people that attend an exhibit at that show. So what is the ultimate car show? Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yep. And I even walked back through like the same spot, you know, and I be like, oh, I didn't see that car there. Yeah. <laughs> First time I had gone through.
1: Did you see any Crosleys?
2: <laughs> no Crosleys. There's never been a Crosley at SEMA and that's my goal. Also.
1: Oh. <laughs> you could put it in the back of your Bronco. and then you can get it in the show
2: (laughs) so i know that it will fit i have a i have a 75 and a 78 super cab long beds and i do know that if you leave the tailgate down you can put it in the back in the bed of those
0: (laughs) that's awesome
1: for scale reference for (laughs) everyone Yeah. yeah
0: well that's so cool keisha i mean what an amazing trip what an amazing adventure and um yeah just Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again, just to talk about your your trip and everything that you did um, so that people can uh, go and look at the pictures of your trip. Uh, how can people find you?
2: Um, I'm on Instagram, Keisha, K-I-E-S-H-A underscore and then L-Y-N-N. I must say some of the prettiest parts of my trip were I, I did hop down on the route, part of Route 66 and do that. Um, which was cool. And I unloaded a lot across there, but I stopped in Albuquerque and just so happened to be where the hot air balloon festival was. And that was the coolest.
0: Unreal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is like, that's a bucket list thing in and of itself. (laughs) That is so cool. And did you get a picture with your Bronco in front of the,
2: I did. It's probably one of my favorite pictures.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for talking and uh, giving us some time. Um, Such a cool adventure that you got to go on from June until November. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's quite, quite the journey and uh, it's cool that you got to take your Bronco with you and, and uh, take it around to all the places as well.
1: Yeah. And good luck finding another job.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's actually why I had to fly back and forth because I am a nurse full-time and I really didn't take I took maybe two weeks total off of work Um, I just moved my schedule around a lot and I was actually only on the road for 12 days max Um, and that's why I flew back and forth so many times so I would come home a lot of people like do you even work or who pays for this (laughs) you know like I literally I get home I work until I leave again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not
2: going to post pictures of me at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You like clock out and then go on, get on the plane and fly back to Pretty your, much. Yeah, that's I amazing. actually
2: brought my Bronco to work with me and I got, I worked my 12 and a half hour shift, got off work and drove straight from Pennsylvania out to Ohio the first time, which was like almost seven hours.
0: Wow. That's so cool. Well,
1: I absolutely love talking with Keisha. She's so much fun. I mean, who else sleeps in their bronco?
0: <laughs> well, she was sleeping in her truck, but oh. yes, yeah, <laughs> hauling her bronco. I think that's pretty amazing. It's a very. Um, you remember that guy Scott Schwartz? He he slept in his bronco, driving cross country. We gotta. We should have him on to talk oh, about that yeah. story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. SEMA. Okay,
1: you know what I think we should do? I think because SEMA just happened in. I've been watching all the videos and everything and unfortunately didn't get to go this year. Major like disappointment not to go to SEMA. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Next year I should be taking a truck to SEMA, which will be pretty awesome. I'll unveil something pretty killer. And, uh, but yeah, so we've both been looking at all this stuff online and there are so many new Gen 6 products. Let's talk about, all the new stuff that came out.
0: Yeah, that, that will definitely be a future episode. So stick around for that when it happens. Um, Cause yeah, SEMA's, SEMA's pretty cool. And it's cool that Keisha got to go like, you know, and experience it. She said she's been the last couple years, which is pretty amazing. More than us. And we <laughs> work in the automotive space, but <laughs> yeah, we should, we should uh, definitely do a future episode on uh, some of the maybe not the hideous Broncos at SEMA because there were a lot of those, but some of the good Broncos we'll, we'll do good Broncos at SEMA. We'll do our homework. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. So moving into uh, this episode here, um, I got a really good question. Um, uh, if you don't know, you can always email Donnie and I at questions at the broadcast.com. That's Q U E S T I O N S at Thebroncast dot com and uh, Brian Lackey wrote in and he said, "Hey guys, great podcast. I have a nineteen sixty eight that I paid two hundred dollars for. <laughs> right wow. there, that should be the email." <laughs> like. <laughs> Everybody. He has the record for the lowest yeah. price.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a parts vehicle at the time. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, it was a frame up restoration back in the late 90s. Definitely has some diamond plate on it, I'm sure. Um, I now am going to restore it again and bring it back to a more stock look. I'm slowly acquiring new parts. So when I dig in, I can go full speed ahead. But I'm in a conundrum where do I start? I want to take out the body lift, but I can't until I get a 6R80, if that becomes possible, to replace the NP-435. Those are transmissions, if you aren't aware. (laughs) The top of the NP-435 is so tall that it requires a body lift. The rocker panels need to be welded in, but they are only primed, so that means no driving until it's painted. And that is another project time frame and body work and alignment of parts Seems transmission is the first item, then wheels and tires, bodywork. So, uh, then last paint also is there tooling that weekend warriors can acquire to straighten bodies and frames? I listened to your latest podcast and apparently no Broncos alike. Okay. So he's, Brian's asking a lot here in this question, but <laughs> his, his first question, which is where we'll start is where do I start? And I know that's a big thing with a lot of people. they, you know, get a new Bronco or they pull the Bronco, you know, out of the field and they just look at it and go, where do I start? And I feel like most people are like wheels and tires, <laughs> you know, cause it's like the easiest thing to bolt on and it looks great, you know? And no, do not start with your wheels and tires. That is <laughs> not the first thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we get asked this question a lot, you know, and we we talk to people who ask us this a lot. Um, and so I thought we would just kind of go down the list of where to start. You know, what are what are the first things that you should do? And so Donnie and I have kind of made a list of kind of what to do when you first buy a Bronco or what to do when you first pull your Bronco out of a field. Um, uh, you know, your grand, your granddad's bronco. I feel like that's the one I get the most is. Oh, yeah, my granddad had a Bronco and he passed away. The family wanted to sell it, but I said I wanted to keep it, you know, like that kind of thing. So for me, number one is to drive it. And now, obviously, there's different levels of pulling a Bronco out of a field or just buying a Bronco. Not all of them are drivable. But I feel like, you know, we just went and talked with, uh, we had on the podcast, Michael Seymour, um, Garage Topics, and he did this. He went and bought a Bronco, didn't drive it, just started tearing into it. And what was his biggest regret? I wish I would have driven it.
2: You know, and it's like,
0: that is like, if it's at all drivable, try to drive it for a year. Try to, you know, just do little things here and there. To, to to drive it around and enjoy it, like spend some time enjoying it. I think that's the biggest thing that I love about my Bronco is I wanted to strip it down so bad when I got it. And that's what I did with my first one, my 1966, stripped it down, never drove it. So with my 75, I was like, all right, I'm going to drive this thing. It was in, in better condition, but I was like, I'm going to drive it. And I've driven it ever since. You know, yeah, it's been out of commission when I did the wiring harness or whatever. But I was able to drive it and it's still, you know, I drove it here. It's my daily driver. And that's because the body's not perfect. The, you know, there's it's nothing on it is perfect, but I can jump the thing, you know. <laughs> so um, that's my number one first thing to do is drive it.
1: Well, I, I like that he has a multi-part question. It's like 10 part question. So uh, I totally get him. That's how I, I give people answers. Yeah. Does just have a question. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, getting, driving it first. But I think it's funny because people call me. I got a call today and he's going to bring his truck by Saturday. I'm just going to look it over and he wants an opinion. Like, yep. where should I start first? What should I do? It was his grandpa's truck. I yep. mean, it's the same story. I get like two of those a week. I love looking at the trucks, but at the same time, the first thing I, I don't want to tell them is, you need a new body. It's, you know, eighteen thousand yeah. dollars or whatever. So instead, it's my advice is always the same. Well, just drive it first, work yep. out the mechanical issues, and if that doesn't, you know, frustrate you to the point that you buy a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> if you own a Bronco, everybody knows what we're talking about yep. here because they leak from bumper to bumper, and when by the time you get to the rear bumper and you fix a leak, the front starts leaking again. <laughs> so. I mean, that's you don't want to do that after you've had a new body and or you've painted it. So it's like get all your mechanical gremlins done and out of the way. Yeah. And go jump it. Yeah. Do whatever you're gonna do. We had so much fun doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Just get it running. So for me, it's like, will it start? You know, it's like, well, yeah. get it started. That would be for me the very first thing is see if the engine's good and yeah. if you can get it running find a flat area and see if you can drive it because you probably don't have brakes.
0: Right. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely engine, then brakes and then steering (laughs) because steering is on the Bronco. It's a little, it's a little, uh, uh, how do you say, um, difficult to, to get (laughs) it to steer straight. Uh, and there's a lot of time and money that can go into getting it to steer straight. But you know, if you can, like you said, like if you figure out You know, if you can get it running, get it driving, and getting it steering straight down the road, man, you're going to have so much fun. You know,
1: then you got to go over 20 miles an hour. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's the scary part.
1: Yeah. I absolutely love driving people's Broncos. Sometimes they'll just unload them off a trailer and you'll get in it and you're going, it starts shaking and wobbling (laughs) and does the death wobble. And then it's there, then the brakes don't work. It's like, well, they were working when I loaded it.
0: (laughs) It's like, Man, a uh, funny story real quick. I was today, I took my Bronco down to Nashville for a meeting and I, you know, I'm just driving my Bronco, no big deal. And I get on the freeway and I'm going and I don't know if it's from jumping it, but all of a sudden it started <laughs> shaking. And I'm like, my Bronco hasn't sh- shaken in a long time. And my front right fender is like like, and it's super windy today. I don't know what the deal is, but like, I don't know if the wind had something to do with it or if it's just from jumping it. And I haven't taken it on the freeway since then. Um, but yeah, it, it but you'd
1: has, do it again. Mine
0: has a good shake. Oh yeah. Like I was like, Oh, maybe I should take back roads home and eh, no, I'll just drive it 70 on the freeway. No big deal.
1: We, we were really getting after it. Like I was coming down on the nose pretty hard. Yeah. I was scraping the pan in the front of my- a <laughs> Broncos. And you know, it's lifted like it's new and it's lifted like five and a half inches. And I had noticed going home that I'm going straight, but it looks like I'm turning right. <laughs> so it's like, and, and it was I didn't notice this for like a week. Yeah. And I'm like, why is my steering wheel not straight <laughs> on my brand new Bronco? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't remember doing anything. Right. I didn't
0: hit any curbs.
1: Oh yeah, we were jumping.
0: <laughs> okay, back to the point. Uh, the the question here: what to do when when you first buy a Bronco. So, you know let's say you drive it and you enjoy it you, you drive it for a few months and you're having fun with it and then you're ready to get into it and tear it down. Um, so if, if this were me, I would say, go all the way to the frame, um, you know, strip it all the way down. You know, if you've got a list like our buddy here who asked this question, Mr. Uh, Brian Lackey does, if you've got a list like Brian, Man, go ahead and strip that thing all the way down and do it right, you know, and so starting with the axles, you know, go through the axles, change out your gear oil in your axles, replace it with some good red line, you know, gear oil plug there for uh, Tom's off road and red line oil. Um, but they've got some great fully synthetic gear oil that that's going to be great in your axles. Um, go through your brakes. Like you said, you know, make sure that the brakes are working well. And now's a good time to put a new suspension lift. If you take the body off, you know, even if you don't, I I put my suspension lift on, uh, with my body on, you know, but really starting with, if you're going to, you know, go to square one, start with your axles, your, uh, brakes, your suspension, maybe even, you know, looking at your, your brake lines, your fuel lines that are there on the frame, checking the frame, making sure that there's no rot uh, in there, no places that you need to patch in the frame. Cause that's pretty common, you know, like.
1: Just call cat lover. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cat lover on eBay. eBay. Yeah. He has all the frame parts. <laughs> yep, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, <laughs> that was a previous episode where we talked about frame horns from Mr. Cat lover. <laughs> we don't even know his name we just know him as cat lover um but yeah that's where that's where i would start is is axle brakes and suspension like you know s- square one before you start doing body work before you do interior work like if you're diving into it start there because if you know that your brakes are you know working 100% then you're good if you know that your suspension is right where you want it then when you start messing with your door gaps, it's not going to move after you put in a suspension lift or a body lift. Um, You know, if you get your, um, you know, axles working properly and your drive shaft's good and, you know, all that kind of stuff, then, then you feel more confident jumping into transmission, transfer case and engine and that kind of thing.
1: Well, and you can buy those as components and just put them in. But the hard part is uh, there's three hurdles you need to get through when you go that route the first one is you got to get the bare frame like just sand blasted or media blasted or something so you can see all the rust holes the body mounts half of them will be rusted through but <laughs> cat lover makes these nice little rings that you can <laughs> put on there and weld in and when they're done you take the you know fix the frame horns and if you don't know how to weld just find someone that does because uh, you know the frames under the truck and the parts they have to be close to straight but um and while you're doing that, it's a great idea to see if the frame is straight. Cause the yeah. last thing you want to do is all this work and then find out the frame needs to be just pulled this way or pushed that way. And usually you can get that stuff done for like five, six hundred bucks, sometimes seven hundred. Yeah. If you've got a bare frame, the guys are like, Yeah, I'll do that on my lunch break and they'll just pull it into spec or, or square. Yeah. So yeah. And and it gets really nasty up in the front by the engine because of all the grease and oil and fifty years of Dirt and sand and frogs and critters and <laughs> you find all kinds of stuff up there. But if you can get over the the grime and grease of all that stuff dripping onto the front axle, you yeah. know, and you get that clean, the back axle's way easier. It's usually never as bad. And then you've, you're starting with a new frame, new suspension, ideally new brakes. They're not that expensive. Yep. And yep. Uh, you have a then you've got this. You, you can put whatever body you want on it. Put your old body back on save for a few years if you want a new body or you can buy a lot of these guys that buy new bodies are taking off, not half bad bodies. Yeah. And you know, you can pick those up for 2,500 or $4,000. And, uh, which is, I think what Michael did actually, um,
0: yeah, he right. actually
1: picked up a body from maybe Matt or somebody yep. and so he could drive it.
0: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, exactly. So you got your axles, your brake, your suspend brakes and suspension working. Um, and then even before working on the body, I would say, get that engine transmission and the fuel delivery squared away as well. Um, because, you know, especially if your body is, is all beat up, then you don't feel bad about leaning over and, you know, like doing stuff around your body. Um, especially if you decide like Brian in his question, he has the NP435, which is not a stock, uh, transmission, um, At least I don't think that is.
1: Well, I wonder what engine he has. You mentioned that earlier. It's like, well, what's that mated to? Is that a, it's probably not a 302. That might be out of like an Explorer.
0: Yeah, I forget. Whatever he's got under there, it's not stock. So he's probably had to make provision in his tunnel to put the shifter you know, down on the floor. Um, and, you know, so there's body modifications that he's been doing for his transmission. And if he goes to the 6R80, then there's other body modifications that he's got to do for the 6R80 because that comes with its own controller and its own gear shifter. Um, and that's a- That's a, a huge that's step a up to go from,
1: you know, an old manual transmission to a 6R80. That's yeah, that's not a DIY project. Uh, I would recommend- either getting a rebuilt, um, if he wants to go automatic, getting a rebuilt C4, but I really like the 4R70W. So to me, those are much easier upgrades that cost way less money. Yeah.
0: Now I know that Tom's is working on a 6R80 kind of bell housing adapter thing to mount that up to a 302. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he has the Coyote cause the coyote would fit the six R80. That's, that's stock, you know, for an F one fifty or something, but yeah, I, I, all that, you know, we don't really know, but all that to say, get that transmission in prime working order really before you start working on the body, because you may have to be cutting into your body. You know, if you're doing a coyote, then you got to trim those fenders back. Then you got to, you know, trim that frame. So there's stuff like, um, if you're, if you're tearing down into your Bronco, then you want to figure out your engine first. You want to figure out your transmission first. You want to figure out your fuel delivery. Are you going to go EFI? Are you going to go in tank? Are you going to go in line? You know, like there's a lot of stuff to figure out. Are you going to do a, where are you going to put your return line? Where are you going to put, you know, like where are you going to put all that stuff? So there's a lot of those things that you want to think about before you get too far into the body because you could be chopping into that, you know, chopping into a brand new body that you just had painted or you know something like that. So you don't want to be
1: doing all that uh, climbing around and drilling into it. It's oh like you gosh. want all that stuff done before. Yes. So but even if he uses his old body, you lift it off, set it on a giant pallet, come by here. I got a ton of them yeah. <laughs> or two pallets and just set it to the side. Yeah. and work on your frame and that's actually the the most enjoyable work is if there's no body in the way, and you know you're putting in fuel lines and brake lines, and you're buying new clips and new lines, and you've got a you can sand, you can grind the whole thing down, and you can use POR-15. You don't have to go to a media blaster. And yeah, um, I was just watching a post today of a guy that had a video where he had done that. He had round it down. Yeah, did yeah, you see it, Rob too? Matthews? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he
0: used that little wiry thing that picks off all the scale and the it was, yeah
1: it was cool he showed the frame before yeah. and then repaired and it never moves and then the next picture is he's walking around it a third time and it's all black and yep. beautiful and uh yeah so that's the best part of the project is yeah. is after all the nastiness has been cleaned off
0: Yep, exactly um and then obviously plugging uh, plugging we're we're plugging some red line oil here but it just makes sense like You know, Tom sells uh, Redline oil transmission fluid, and this is good quality stuff. It's not just your normal O'Reilly's, you know, generic stuff, but their transmission fluid, their engine oil, and they just started selling coolant. Um, You know, Redline oil has this coolant and their water wetter, like really good stuff. And if you're doing this kind of, you know, hey, we're, we're rebuilding, we're restoring, you know, or just trying to get it, you know, working and running better, like put some good oil in there, put some red line oil in there and make sure that you've got some good quality stuff going into your new project.
1: Well, and I, I think some, some advice ending on this first part of his question, the first 10 parts, um, (laughs) is, uh, you know, begin with the end in mind. Like if you want to drive it, then don't maybe tear the whole thing apart, you know, drive it first. That's what we tell everybody. Um, and, uh, it begin with the end in mind, like, you know, do you want like a show, a show queen, or do you want a trail rig? And, you know, so buy your parts,
0: your parts accordingly. So, you know, just to, to wrap up Brian's question, you know, going through all those steps, then work on the body, then work on, wiring and then your exterior and interior, you know, mm-hmm. but first really starting with the mechanicals and getting that squared away and all that. Now you, I, I, I don't know that his second part of the question is there tooling that weekend warriors can acquire to straighten bodies and frames? What would you say to that?
1: Well, there's, it's called a come along and an Oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> it, a lot of people have done it. That's how you used to do it. That's old school. But there are these frame racks. Chief makes a really nice frame rack, and we have one here yeah. in one of the other buildings, and have the luxury of being able to use that. But you definitely want to make sure your frame's straight. Like that. That's number one. When we did my partner Tim's Jeep, we stripped it all the way down to the frame, and had to go to like three different places before someone would straighten it. And Earl took care of us. Earl Owens straightened it out. And uh, no, he turned us away. <laughs> Mark Sokol straightened it out. Nice. He was the third one that turned us away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you get it straightened and, you know, it's it's a few hundred dollars. And then you know you're working with the straight frame, build it from there. Yeah. And you just feel really good about the whole project.
0: And that was Donnie's business partner. Just FYI. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Not Earl. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so there you go um i don't yeah the, the i don't know where to go from there but um straightening bodies that's not a thing you need new body parts <laughs> <laughs> we've lost this episode <laughs> <laughs> what would you Do say i have a good that's the question how to straighten a body. <laughs>
1: How to you straighten your body out. Is he a chiropractor? <laughs> yeah. Of course. There
0: you go. There you go.
1: Yeah. There's not much you can do for straightening a body out. Um, you know, here's the thing. When people bring their Broncos over here, and I love looking at them, and it's usually an hour. But, yeah. You know, because you're getting to know the truck. You're getting to know the owner, the story. I never really like to look at what's wrong with the body. It's just like, look, if it's, if the door's open and closed... You're ahead of half the people out there, so yeah, uh, you got that going for you. But uh, I do. I like to use all the original parts. If a body could be restored, I love saving the character of the truck. If 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 the body can't be done, I hate to tell people they need a new body because oh man, it's thirty grand paint and everything by the time you have it, and that's usually you know shocking for them. Yeah, totally. Okay. And then and then it's like, can you take it on the trail? Like, man, I like just fixing it up, enjoying the Bronco. And then when you're done doing your trail riding and all that fun stuff, maybe then put a new body.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, what to do with uh, when you first buy a Bronco or get one from your grandpa or pull one out of the field. <laughs> Hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Uh, you know, just trying to give you little bit of nuggets there. If you take anything away from this episode, drive your Bronco. That is the Donnie and John way. Drive it no matter what it looks like because your Bronco wants to be driven. like we're, Herbie.
1: We're also always <laughs> supposed to say insure it first. Oh yeah, I
0: insure it first, definitely. <laughs> because MCM the brakes aren't going to work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.